Hello and welcome to Lord of Mercy Week here on Monstars of Rock the Lordy Story, a true metal podcast production. I'm your host, Matthew Kessie, and it's been three days now since Lord of Mercy released, and hopefully most of you have got your copies, whether that was CD or vinyl or possibly both. And now that you've heard them, what a bloody masterpiece it is, I'm sure you will agree. And never did I think any band could have kind of accomplished such a magnificent feat as this, but it's Lordy, so I'm not surprised. And now this podcast will delve deeper into this insane project, and I wanted to do something special, rather than the usual documentary-style episodes you're used to. In fact, I wanted to bring you on a journey my own journey into Lordiversity. And around six weeks ago, I actually heard Lordiversity in its entirety, and I haven't stopped listening to it since I've actually heard them. And But I actually, really, I started doing all of these interviews back in early August, before I even heard one single song off any of these records. So these interviews that I'm going to be doing and that you're going to listen to, You're going to hear me talking in depth to those in the band and around the band, but without me actually knowing much at the beginning. So I thought it would be an exceptionally unique way of you learning about Lord Diversity as I learn. And the cool thing is that you guys, now that you've heard the songs and the albums, you can actually piece together all of the information that's missing for yourselves. So really, you are being the documentarian here. But of course, as these interviews progress... You know, I heard more songs and I heard the albums then just before myself and Mr. Lordy sat down to jump into Lord of Mercy itself. So, you know, you will find out more detailed stuff when we get to that interview as well. It's probably important now to tell you as well that um, this whole week you will hear from Tracy Lip, obviously, today. Then you'll hear from Ralph, Yane, Hisi, Hela, Mana, and of course, then Mr. Lordy on Sunday. However, there is no Eamon interview, and that is because... Eamon was approached to do an interview. He was offered the opportunity to do so. However, he declined. And the reason for that being is that he said that he didn't have much to say about this whole record um, or records. Um, So that was his decision. He was offered the opportunity, but he declined. So just so you know, so there won't be any Eamon interview during this week. But hey. Let's jump into today's interview. So you're going to hear from Tracy Lip today, Lordy's vocal coach and lyrical co-writer, a man who deserves a ton of praise and admiration for the work he's done on this record and, of course, throughout Lordy's history since early in 2001 and two when he started working on Get Heavy and then obviously moving forward as well. He's done a ton with the band and, well, Tracy really deserves a lot of praise and I'm sure you'll agree that when you listen to Lord of Mercy you can see the amount of work that himself and Yane and Mr. Lordy and the band have put into all of this so yeah so we'll jump right into the first interview so here is me and Tracy Lip you when did you hear about Lord of Mercy um, to start with and what was your first reaction when you heard about this crazy idea to have 10 albums or 7 albums eventually what it ended up being well it, it, the way that it actually worked is uh, I was in LA visiting my dad and in February and I came back about March 5th or 6th and I might have the dates off by one or two days and the, like the day I got back 
told me, called me, and he said, I've got a crazy idea, and you have to say yes or we can't do it. And I said, yes. And he goes, no, 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 no. You have to, you have to listen to the idea because it's pretty crazy, and, and you, you have to agree. And I said, yes. <laughs> he said, dude, <laughs> you've got to listen to this. And he said, the band has already said yes, and, and, and the thing is, he's not revealing anything as he's telling me this stuff. Yeah. The band has already said yes, and oddly, our manager said yes. And he loves the idea. And so you have to say yes, otherwise we can't do it. And I'm like, well, what is it, dude? And he goes, collection was my most favorite thing to do. And of that, there was a few things that I completely loved doing the most. One of them was working using real tape on a 24-track studio system in Tampere. And the other one was recording in the studio with you and Toivo there in Helsinki and working with a couple of the other guys, but I don't have anything to do because it's COVID now and there's nothing going on. Everything is canceled. So I think it's time to make another Lordy record, but I don't want to make another Lordy record. What if we make all of the records off of those hits? What if we do all the records exactly the way we made those hits? So they're all like the record from 75 is a 75 album. The disco album is a disco album, like that. And I said, absolutely, yes. So that's how the process started. And it was it was so fun, really fun. And, yeah, and so we did all the vocals uh, in, in our studio, and I did the vocal production, and it turned into a, a lot of work uh, in the sense that um, even though... Yamne was was doing A and R. Um, you know, somebody had to be keeping track of who has what files and where are all the files. And I ended up taking over a big role in that in that sense. So basically, all the files would come to me. I would put everything together in Pro Tools and make a rough mix that and send it to Tommy, and then he would say yes or no. And then when, at that point, it would go to whoever was mixing it. That's kind of how the process worked. Okay, and was it a daunting process to start? Like when you were sitting down to start on that first record, which I believe was Skeletric Dinosaur, was that a daunting right. uh, idea to kind of think, well, we've got seven of these to do? No, it wasn't because because we did we were working album by album, mm. and so as long as we stayed on schedule, it was uh, the the biggest problem that we had was. Um, Tommy's recording system at, at, at home is, uh, at that point, was very outdated. Nice. And the way to do it was to actually update everything so that he could do a bunch of work at home, and then we would take that work that he did and bring it to the next stage. And so in order to do that, we had to use the same system that these other people were all using, which was Pro Tools. And, you know, his computer's old. Yeah. It's a great old Mac, and it runs fine, but it's way too old to be trying to start doing what he was talking about yeah. doing. So the first thing that we did to get ready for it was actually, you know, we did a little research, and we got him a 16-inch MacBook Pro with the, with the RAM maxed out and Pro Tools 12. And... Uh, and then, you know, an audio interface that was you know, universal audio, uh, Apollo Twin, to, you know, so that he could do the work there. And so he would write the songs and do the demos, 
and then we would have a sketch of how the song goes and all the keyboard stuff you know a lot of that stuff stays stays on all the records anyway so he just went ahead and and found all the sounds and stuff like that there so it really streamlined the process a lot okay and was there a lot more learning then involved with this kind of idea for all of you compared to previous records did you all have to kind of learn some new skill or learn a new system Pro Tools, nice. and so there was a lot of phone calls to the Tracy uh, tech support hotline, <laughs> <laughs> and and we would be you know using WhatsApp video, and he would be saying, "How come I don't get any sound of it? There's no sound coming out. How come I don't get any sound out?" And then I'd have to go through the steps to figure out what was wrong. And but they got less and less, you know, because the process is the same for every song. So yeah, you know. It went pretty smoothly after, after a certain amount of time. Uh, and then, of course, there's research, because, like, on my side, writing lyrics, I wanted to make sure that we were writing time-correct lyrics, using right. the same kind of terminology and that stuff, like, and the same word phrasing, because it's changed through the years. Yeah. And yeah. how, how, how would that change then for you? Because obviously, like with the process, I would obviously, as you said there, it would differ from a 1975 record to a 1995 record. So how, how does that writing process adapt and change? So what would you do different between those, between that 20 year span? Uh, typically what would happen is um, I would maybe listen to a couple of songs from that era just so I could get in the vibe. But, I mean, I know all this music. I was brought up with it, so I don't have to do very much research, you know. Yeah, I'm 75 was like, you know, Kiss, Van Halen, you know. You know, I mean, it was those, Aerosmith, it was those bands. Yeah. The lyrics were a certain way, and so, you know, it, just, it was more about, like, what words were they using and what were they not using, you know. Like, and... and so the so the process literally was listen to a few songs and then you know start working and since we're moving album by album it was really easy because i would just get in in the genre and then and then it's go and then me and tommy would do uh, we did a lot of it together which was more fun uh and some of the stuff he would give me a rough of what he wanted and then i would write it and send it to him and sometimes he would have some of the some of the lyrics done Sometimes there would be like, this is called, you know, this song, and go. <laughs> so, you. so that's how it went. Yeah, and when you look back on the records that you've obviously done for this uh, collection of different tracks, um, is there anything that's was overly complicated or did it became more difficult than you had perceived it being originally? We all had an issue with, uh, we would write like a super good song and then we would put it in the genre, in the time frame, and then we'd be going, wow, this is a fucking good song. What if we could make this like a hit now? What if we just, you know, updated it and then, no, 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 we can't. So that was the fight that we were having all the time. It's like, yeah, but if we just did this and added a few things, but but we're no, it has to sound like it was recorded in 1979, and they just didn't do that then. So we can't do that now. Okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
And then um, when it came to Mr. Lodi's vocals then as well, obviously with such, uh, when you're looking at 20 years in the difference between the albums, is there anything that he had to do differently with his singing style um, to make it sound different? Yeah, yeah. He, he actually did a lot of homework himself on that. Um, so my job was was pretty easy but i mean there's a giant difference between the way people sang in 75 and the way that they were singing you know on like you know trash metal for example yeah, yeah. but he's an expert at that i was and it like he really really knows what he's doing with this stuff it was really interesting to see how deeply he understands this stuff and uh like there was problems that he would have where he's trying to make demos for an album and he's getting mixes sent from a different era. And so he's got to put, he's got to try and like bat, juggle that, nice. you know, okay. and yeah. yeah. And I, I had that similar problem. So I was doing some of the edits cause I'd be doing edits and then there would be, you know, like somebody be sending a, I'm doing an edit for something that should have been recorded in 1984 and I'm hearing these disco songs and it's like, ah, I gotta get my head in the place. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when you kind of look at all the songs that you have recorded for these albums, um, is did it ever come hard to become, come up with new lyrics or new themes to cover in the songs? Occasionally there's always a song that's difficult. Um... There was one of the 75 albums uh, that was really tough for one of the songs. We're like, we wanted to have mountain in the title because mountains are big and they're strong and powerful. And, and it just was, that was all we had was like, right. you know, this is going to be a mountain song. And it's like, all right. And, and that, that took a little bit of time because it just, there was nothing else there. And it took a while to figure out like, what is this, what does that even mean? And so we finally, uh, we finally cracked it, but it took a while. Tommy actually had to come up with a, a lot of story before we could finish the lyrics. Cause, uh, he like, I've been writing Lordy lyrics for a really long time. So I'm pretty in like the what lordy means yeah what you know what these songs are about what 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 it is to have a lordy song but obviously he knows it way better than me yeah. so um so he a lot of times has to come up with this thread once there's a thread there it's really easy for me to just go bam 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 okay now the song's done yeah okay and when it comes to obviously with the, both yourself, Mr. Lodi and Yanni, you three are kind of juggling a lot of balls all together here yourselves. When do the other members kind of get involved then with these records? Well, there was people involved the whole time because uh, everybody was had, had a role to play all the time. Okay. So, you know, people... Uh, you know, because obviously people's opinions matter also. People are making just... Uh, you know, giving comments. And of course, sorry for interrupting this episode. Tracy here is actually talking about Eamon, about the guitars and his solo work on the guitars. I had to jump in here because Tracy actually said Eamon's real name and therefore I had to insert this. And you might find that this happens in a couple of the interviews going forward. So don't uh, be shocked, <laughs> pretty much. So here's Tracy talking about Eamon got guitar stuff to play so he has to come up with uh you know his solos because he writes his own solos nobody's telling him what to play yeah and um 
the drummer is really, 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 really involved in uh, in the whole process also because he's the technical backbone of Lordy when they're in, uh, on tour and stuff, and he's also a producer on, of his own in his own right. Yeah. So, um, so he, there was a lot of people that were involved in, in a lot of steps at different times, and you know, like uh, Hella had to learn her. Um, you know her piano stuff because she she actually played a grand piano on this on the uh, uh, the third album. Right, like, very cool. Yeah, yeah, oh. that was that was quite quite the thing to do that. Yeah. And so she had, you know she can do it, so it's not a problem. She's actually great, but mm. you know that's that's a lot of playing. Yeah. So yeah, so that was everybody was was pretty involved, and then of course there was other little things that came in because there's people that are doing these radio theater things and and we have some of uh some of the kids from that are that are on uh, on one of the songs and getting the kids to sing that's all there was just a lot of stuff for everybody to do all the time i think everybody was really busy all the time yeah and when it came to obviously you have all like in a normal time period this would be a lot of work anyway but when you throw covid into the mix did that kind of bring its own complexities as well then with the recording process very very little very little okay um the you know the nature of what we're doing uh being in the studio is already very isolated um you know so we're not really inviting a lot of people into the studio all the time. It's not a party because yeah. even though that would be fun, you know, we're actually quite busy when we're there. <laughs> and so we're, you know, we were very isolated and, um, the biggest issues we had were when Mr. Lordy could come down from Rovaniemi down to Helsinki to do the recording and how many days he could stay. And that was always the, that was always the problem. Um, the first recording session we did, we recorded all the lead vocals and background vocals for three albums in about in about five days. Whoa. Nice. And it was just like an insane amount of work. And after that, I said, "Let's do an album at a time, please." <laughs> <laughs> and were there, so, was that was that anything that kind of cropped up at times that you'd be felt that you were done one album and you had to then revisit it to change something? Was that anything? Was that something that came about? That would only come about if if there was like some problem with with some tracks not being sent correctly or. Um, you know, cause sometimes there was a couple of the producers that, that, you know, for some, some reason or another, all the, all the material didn't get to them. And then you got to like go back and, and, you know, open things up again and try and remember what's going on. But I was really careful when I was, uh, sending the material to keep things really updated. I was changing, I was adding like names of songs all the time. It's like, you know, so it would be like, you know, believe, please believe me. And then I would put everything in the title that's already happened, like background nice. vocals done, you know, drums added, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So it, it wasn't that bad, but there, there was some of that occasionally. If there was something that was really far away and then somebody's going, yeah, what about da 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 da, then I'd be like, really? <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, just going back then to kind of the lyric writing, um, when you look at all of the records that you have done, was there any particular one that was more complicated to kind of come up with the lyrics for or to come up with, say, the choruses or verses? I think the Progressive Rock album was the most complicated one because that was a concept album. Right. And okay. so getting getting all the material, all, all the story into the lyric is is always tricky. And um, that, uh, but it was fun. So I didn't really notice it as being, you know, difficult. It was just, you know, uh, you know, I had I had a specific amount of things that, that needed to get in there in a, in a set amount of time. Nice. So okay, yeah, and then um, when obviously with every record that you guys record, both yourself, Ralph Ruiz, and Mr. Lori tend to come up with the Skartic Circle Gathering side of the records. So how did that go about with these albums? Is it something that's kind of intertwined between all seven records, or is it something different with each one? Well, it's different for each one because this. Even though this is a concept that we're doing, that it's not a there's not a story that starts with the first album and ends with the last one. We didn't okay. do that. Yeah, that would have been that would have been really crazy. Please don't tell Tolton told me to do that because he <laughs> might try it. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, each uh, each Arctic Circle gathering. SCG, we call them SCGs. Each, each SCG sort of was specific for the albums, and some of them had radio theater, and some of them didn't. It just depended on the record. So, you know, uh, Ralph is on most of the stuff. I'm on some of the stuff, but there's some stuff that doesn't have that. Nice. Okay. And um, when you look at the recording side of the vocals, say for Ralph here, because obviously he's in the US and he wouldn't be coming back over and forth um, to record them, how did that kind of recording of his side of things go for these records? Uh, he has an, I think it's an iPhone 12, and he would put a blanket over his head and sit in his living room trying to you know keep the traffic noise down from the street and he would record into the iphone's microphone and then send me he send me the file with iMessage nice. okay. and then i would get the i would get the content out of that and it worked good enough Okay. Uh, especially since a lot of these things we were messing with the vocal afterwards so you know the initial recording quality it's it's important but the iPhone's good enough yeah that'll be able to kind of do a good enough edition of it yeah yeah okay and um, did it ever become an issue that recording kind of this in like with distance with both yourself or with the band, say, was there ever a point where you needed to kind of meet up together or that you wanted, that it was essential that you were there in person to kind of come up with something or to record something? Recording the background vocals uh, for, for the, you know, that, that was a little bit of an issue because... Tracy is talking about mana. Here. didn't want to come to Helsinki because Helsinki was uh, uh, there was a lot of infections here and so he just didn't feel safe coming and so 
uh, it took a lot longer because he had to record all the stuff himself. And I'm really strict about accent. So yeah. he would have to record something and then send it to me. And then I'd have to listen to him. And then I'd have to correct it or say, yeah, that's fine. Uh, for like basically every line. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he didn't, it wasn't for every part, but it would be for every line that he had to sing. You know, because sometimes he'd do a couple of harmonies, and but once he had the pronunciation right, but it was, it, it was a, uh, it was a process that was going on all the time. I'd be like teaching a class on songwriting, and I'd I'd get a text from him, and I had to drop what I was doing and listen to it because he only had limited studio time, and so if he's in the studio recording, I needed him to keep working because if we're going to stay on schedule, then you know the the mixing engineer needs the material within a certain amount of time and the thing we were always waiting on was uh you know background vocals to come in okay and then um, when you look back now on all the, the eras that you've managed to cover um on lower diversity is there any particular one that is your favorite to record well i loved doing the disco album um because it was so different um we hired two background vocalists um, who sing their butts off and made it, you know, so that we've got the two girls singing, you know, uh, one part each, and then you just pan one to one side, pan the other to the other side, and and uh, and it sounds like you know a disco album and the way they did it back then. Yeah, I actually called a friend of mine his name's Jay Graydon and he's a multi-grammy award-winning studio guitarist and producer and songwriter um, like for example he played the guitar solo on Steely Dan's song Peg nice. okay. and nice. and he wrote an Earth, Wind and Fire song that he got a best R&B Grammy for and the guy and oh. so the guy was there he's playing on Donna Summer Records you know <laughs> and he played on Thriller. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jesus! So the guy knows. The guy knows, knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Like if you Google Jay Graydon, then you're you're gonna be like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I asked him how they did it, and he said we did it exactly like this, and everything was done really quickly, and it was in and out. Like those recording sessions for those disco things, they were done really fast. So we tried to do that too. So that's it was fun. Yeah. And when and you, both of the girls sang great. <laughs> and when you listen back to those um albums, was there any song then that jumps out at you as being like the best to your ear of them all? Or is it kinda of hard to choose seeing as there's maybe it's, seventy it's songs like, to choose. Yeah. <laughs> it's so impossible because you know, like I'll start thinking like something is really great and then I'll be like yeah, but so is that one. Oh, but so is that one. From all because the, there's just tons and tons and tons of songs. Yeah, I think I think there's like seventy songs we wrote. Jeez. I don't know what the exact number is, but it's something like that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 yeah, it is. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and do you think that will change, Lordy, going forward? Now, do you think they'll ever go back to having an album just on its own as it is or do you think that it's Lordy's kind of moved towards this kind of mix of different eras is that going to be how we see Lordy from now on I really 
don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I would. I mean, I. I know I would I would do a modern album now if I was them. Right. But I don't know what Tommy wants to do. I I know he's you know anxious to get out and play for people. Yeah. But you know I don't know how how realistic it is to really start going on tour mm. at this time because it just seems like maybe it's not safe yet. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So you know he's vaccinated for so. Uh, I don't know about the rest of the band. They probably are. Yeah. But still, you know, there's a lot of this Delta variant is, mm. you know, a bit of a problem. Yeah. But it really depends on how you how you think about COVID. Is it just do we treat it at this point, you know, like like just it's the flu or, do you, or is it more serious? I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. Hard to say. Exactly, and it's, it must be so hard as an as an artist and as a songwriter, a musician, to kind of look at how the world is now at the moment and then write material, but not know how it's going to kind of be interacted with. Like, are people just going to listen to it? Are you ever going to get to play those songs live? And obviously, releasing an album in this kind of environment is a very difficult thing to do because you see a lot of bands you know, pushing their albums out a little bit more there's some bands that release their albums in the mix of all the lockdown and it kind of gets lost in the shuffle then when it comes to the releasing of restrictions that kind of thing live live going out live is the way the way you have have to do it i mean yeah. that's how bands are really going to make money and make a living because mm. it's about making a living really exactly yeah it's uh, i really don't know like hardly anybody that I've worked with in my whole career has been like, I just want to get rich. Everybody's like, I want to fucking make great music. Mm. You, you know, you just, the people that want to get rich, you, somehow you can feel it in the, in the music and it's not authentic. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this out of, out of love for what it is. And like, I love writing these lyrics. I think it's so fun. Yeah. You know, I can get lost in this little world and, you know, for you know, for however long it takes to write that lyric, I'm I'm in that world, and I see the pictures in my head. You know, especially with these Lordy, uh, these Lordy lyrics because they're so visual. Yeah, yeah. So, and um, so yeah, it's go ahead. When it comes to obviously outside of you doing all these Lordy lyrics, like when these albums are all done now, for the vast majority of it anyway. Um, what does Tracy do outside of that time? Because obviously this isn't... I don't think we covered that last time we spoke. When we didn't, yes. Okay, yeah. so... Um, Monday I was writing a song with with Jamie from Girl School. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we wrote, we wrote a rock and roll song together because uh, they're getting ready to make a new record. And I don't know if it's going to get on the record or not, but it's a cool song. Uh, it's kind of about their, they have a, something called their Barmy Army, which is their fans. Right. And so it's, it's kind of like a tribute to them. Um, and I'm constantly uh, writing songs with my, uh, my writing partner, Maki Kolehmeinen. He's a, a Finnish melody guy, that, and he's really talented. And, uh, and then I'm working on trying to break, uh, uh, trying to train up and break a new artist. Her name's Ipa, and she's actually singing on the disco album. She's one of the girls that's singing there. And so that's kind of like what the focus is. And, and of course, writing songs for other people, like we just 
sent a song into New York trying to get it to Kelly Clarkson. But, you know, that's a really tough one to get to get something to her because right. she's super, super, super picky about what she wants to uh, sell. Right. You know, but, you know, it's it's got a direct connection. So I, they're going to hear it. But the question is, does she want it? That's the question. Okay. But that's that's the typical songwriter's thing. Right. So would you write a lot of songs then and kind of uh, send them on to other artists to sing for themselves? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Nice, okay. Absolutely. And, and how would that process go about? It really depends on, um, on if something's targeted for somebody on purpose or if it's just writing to write. So typically it's going to be very pop. Um, and so you have to get in the mind of... Twenty-year-old uh, artist and uh, ish, and you know, try and write something relevant for that. And uh, it just really depends on what the what the melody sounds like and what the song sounds like. And then I'm going to use the same writing technique that I used for Lordy to write the lyrics. You know, it's that writing a great song is the same no matter the genre, really. Yeah. And yeah, and then I'm also I also teach songwriting at a couple of the schools here in Helsinki. Cool. And um, man, before we finish up, is there anything that you want to add about the whole process that maybe I didn't ask you, or something else that's come come to mind that you'd like to cover? I think, like for me, thinking about this whole process of doing this, it's just the teamwork was really great. Uh, there was some obstacles to overcome. Uh, for example, the piano was kind of recorded wrong on that. Uh, on that progressive rock album, so I had to like do a lot of editing to make the piano work. Nice, okay. But uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it sounded beautiful, but there was a, a thump from the from the, the sustain pedal, and um, so that was a bit of that was a bit of work. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, it wasn't anybody's fault, really except for maybe the owner of the studio but other than that you know or the, the guy that tuned the piano actually because that's that's a, an adjustment to get rid of that but uh, um, I mean it was just really fun and it seemed really easy because uh, we had the, the really good teamwork and and the uh, we had these whatsapp groups going and, and it just made communication really smooth so Without this connectivity that we have today, this would have been difficult, but it was just easy. So it was fun. Well, that was Tracy Lip there, and a huge thanks to him for his time and superb insight into his own experience of lore diversity. And I hope you all are a little bit more enlightened, and you can all join me again tomorrow as I talk to Ralph Ruiz about all of his characters in lore diversity. Kitos, and I'll see you then. Monsters of Rock, The Lordy Story, is a True Metal podcast production. The show is presented, produced and written by Matthew Kessie. Head to True Metal Pod's social channels to keep up to date with the production.